that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug A. Maurice, Stephen Means, no Nathan Baird for the rest of this week. He is on furlough. And if you don't know what furlough is, it means you don't work, but you don't get paid either. Um, so that's happening to all of us in our company at cleveland.com. Uh, everyone's taken one furlough week um, between now and July 31st. We're parceling it out. So I'll be gone for a week. Stephen will be gone for a week. But, you know, we'll make sure you guys are, are still covered here. Just part of the economic realities of it. So we had recorded the Monday pod earlier. I uh, recorded it last week, so that's why Nathan was on there. So it's me and Stephen, and we're talking. I don't know if talking's the right word. We're ranting. And we are ranting about the Wisconsin Badgers, which might seem like an odd thing to do on a podcast called Buckeye Talk. But it's one of the things that kind of we do here at times. And something specifically has happened in the last couple days. On our tech subscription, I actually got a couple requests for a Wisconsin rant. And then I started sending stuff out to the tech subscribers on Monday morning, and people started sending back responses. And I was like, okay, we have our Tuesday podcast. Let's discuss why or why not. Are the Wisconsin Badgers a legitimate college football playoff contender in 2020? Stephen Means, is this crazy to you? for Buckeye Talk to be spending the next 30 to 40, let's be honest, it's going to be like 45 minutes discussing this, or is this part of what Buckeye Talk is about, which is knocking down ludicrous expectations for Wisconsin? I think we, no, we live in that world, especially when it comes to Wisconsin, or not just telling people to pump their brakes, but to just simply stop driving the car that is Wisconsin. And for some reason, Every year, whether it's an individual player on the team, <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor, or if it's a, the entire football program, we keep trying. No, not us. No, not this is not a week because we at Buckeye Talk are not doing this. The rest of the world, for some unnecessary reason, likes to keep pushing Wisconsin to the top of that second tier, borderline first tier of college football. And they don't belong there. And we're here to put them back in their place. Well said, my friend. What, like, why? Why do you? We've done this before on this podcast. We had, we had a podcast one time where after people two years ago were so drastically wrong about predicting Wisconsin as a national cont- title contender in 2018, they go eight and five. We had national people on and made them apologize for thinking that about Wisconsin. Stephen, why do you think it happens? Is it, is it perhaps that people can't tell the difference of tiers? And that when a team is knocking against the top of one tier, they think teams, maybe maybe people or computers, and that's part of it here because there's a specific reason why we're doing this, that they think a team, a program, is ready to jump to the next tier just because they're knocking on the top of one tier. Why does this keep happening? I think part of it is they're a one-trick pony that has – and I don't think some people see them as that. I think some people see them as, okay, they're really great at this one thing, and they're one piece away. They're a quarterback away from adding a passing game to the conversation, and all of a sudden now they're national title contenders. Instead of looking at them the way they should be looked at, they're one-trick pony who's really good at what they do. They get three, three-star three guys and some four-star guys, and they get a quality running back who can run for 1,500 to 2,000 yards every single year. That's what they are. And for some reason, with this one team, we don't want to look at them like that. I'm, I'm going to stop saying we because it's not us. 
they continue. I'm going to say they from now on. Yeah, they. Yeah, not us. Not us. Not us. Uh, this derives specifically because it's not like Wisconsin's in the top five of those way, way, way early preseason rankings that a lot of outlets like to do that I enjoy reading. Um, but it's specifically the FPI from ESPN, which is the computer ranking system that Ryan Day was mad at a year ago. When Ryan Day at times kept referencing, oh, they picked us fourth in the Big Ten East, they picked us fourth in the Big Ten East, and I was like, what is he talking about? I gave, I wrote it, I gave Ryan Day sort of a hard time of like, why are you railing against this? But the tiny little sliver of the thing he was mad about was like one FPI projection before the season started that gave Ohio State the fourth best odds, I think, to win the East. And it was behind Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. They weren't even predicted to finish fourth. It was just like the odds of winning it, and they were slightly behind Michigan State. But anyway, it's a computer ranking that I think, in the end, part of the issue is it puts too much on the past. And the issue is that, that so much in college football can change, and college football is built on change that if you make too much of your evaluation about last year and then returning starters from last year, you wind up saying things like Ohio State's going to go nine and three, which is like I put too much on that a year ago and didn't give enough credit to the arrival of Justin Fields. But that's where I think this is going wrong, and this is what has me wound up and then has some of our textures wound up. FPI, just so we know, stands for Fraud Poo Index. How long did it take you to come up with that? (laughs) That whole rant when I was like filibustering for a while there and just like saying yeah. something over and over, I was trying to think of what I was going to call the FPI. It's actually a football power index, but it has some weird stuff. And here's what it has, which is why we're talking about this. It's projecting all kinds of things for the 2020 season. And this is what it has for the percent chance the team's most likely to reach the playoff. And part of the problem here, Stephen, is that there are three – super teams at the moment and then the race for fourth I get it is so wide open and it's partly the Pac-12's fault and partly the Big 12's fault that Wisconsin slips in but at the moment here's where they the FBI gives Clemson an 81 percent chance to make the playoff Ohio State a 64 percent chance Alabama a 59 percent chance now here comes the drop but the problem is not that there's a drop. It's that the next team after the drop is Wisconsin. Wisconsin is next with a 33% chance to make the playoff. Then it's Georgia 26, LSU 24, Penn State 23, Oregon 22. Oklahoma as the first Big 12 team is at 15. And the first Pac-12 team is, is Oregon, as we said, at 22. That's part of the issue here that allows a second Big 10 team to sneak in. Let's deal with the thing at the top first, though. Steven. Clemson at 81, Ohio State at 64, Alabama at 59 on their playoff percentages to get there. What do you think of those three ratings for those three teams? I don't have a problem with it, and I especially don't have a problem with the order of things. Clemson's played in the national championship the last two years, and they're returning the bulk of that offense with a defensive line, a defense that got a year older. We talked about it last year, how you know a lot of the defensive line were a lot of four and five star guys who were maybe a year earlier than what their peak was going to be. So comes to me at the top makes sense. Ohio State has, you know, the one A or one B, depending on who you're talking to and how you want to put it at quarterback with Justin Fields. And once again, a high level offense with some questionable things on defense. And Alabama just lost a first round quarterback. So we'll see what happens there, whether Matt Jones wins a job or a true freshman wins a job or whatever. But those are clearly 
the top three teams and it's a, in, a, in a proper order for where things are today. So that's fine. Good job, FPI, at the start. The problem is after that. And here, again, when they do the, these rankings, they, they just spin them a lot of different ways. The percent chance of conferences to send a team to the playoff. They said there's a 93% chance the SEC, SEC will have a team in the playoff, which is wrong because it's 100. Unless everybody in the SEC, everybody goes four and four in conference play, it's 100. The Big Ten they have at 91, the ACC at 82, the Pac-12, 28, the Big 12, 27. So the Pac-12 and Big 12 combined barely have half of the chance to get a team in the playoff. So that opens up the chance for a second team from a conference because the Pac-12 and Big 12 teams and expectations are so down. Again, part of this Wisconsin issue, it's not really about Wisconsin. It's about weird, stupid expectations for Wisconsin, but it's the Pac-12 and Big 12's fault that we're here. They say SEC 34% chance to have multiple teams in the playoffs. Big 10 29% chance to have multiple teams in the playoffs in 2020. Steven, in the past, there were times, I a couple years ago predicted both Ohio State and Michigan to make the playoff. We have never had two Big Ten teams in the playoff. The only conference that's ever had multiple teams in so far is the SEC. 29%, let's get off Wisconsin for a second, a 29% chance of multiple Big Ten teams in the playoff in 2020 does that make sense to you? Or when you look at this conference, do you shake your head and think there's no way that happens? There's no way that that happens. That 29%, 9% would have probably been a little, probably been too high at this point. Because what you're talking about then is putting a one loss, not one loss team in that's, we're basically saying the champion has to be a one loss team along with another team who just so happens to be maybe an, a one loss team or maybe even undefeated prior to the Big Ten championship game. And it's, both of those teams are rated top five in the country going into the Big Ten Championship game, which is probably not going to happen. The only team that's probably going to be undefeated heading to the Big Ten Championship game, if there's any team, is Ohio State. So they, the FPI, to its credit, and the, the, the guy writing it, realizes that you look at this and you see Wisconsin fourth, and that feels nuts. So they're trying to explain what the deal is. And there's a couple flaws right away. <laughs> in the explanation first is this sentence well the badgers are bringing back a successful quarterback in jack cone right there right off the bat you're losing me who finished eighth in total qbr last year i have a stat about quarterbacks in the playoff and how jack cone does not fit that model but a lot of this wisconsin percentage of making the playoff is the idea that wisconsin which has to play Michigan in the East, which has Notre Dame in the non-conference schedule in addition to the West schedule, is the idea that Wisconsin would go 12-0, lose in the Big Ten championship game, presumably to Ohio State, but to Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, whatever, and then still make the playoff. In this scenario, the playoff predictor the fraud poo index gives Ohio gives Wisconsin a 74% chance to make the playoff in that scenario. That if they are 12 and 0 and they lose the Big Ten championship game, they would make the playoff. That particularly, if you're trying to spin an upset, right? Oh well, any given Saturday kind of thing. 
I think that makes more sense than trying to tell me that Wisconsin losing the Big Ten championship is going to make the playoff. That particular scenario, knowing what the Big Ten has been in the playoff era and what Wisconsin is as a program, does that make sense to you, Stephen? That's a very specific way for this. If we have to get that specific for this team to do it, then they're probably not going to do it. It makes a slim amount of sense. Sure, there is a small – by that window, yes. If those exact things happen, then, yeah, Wisconsin can get in. And they're still probably, you know – I mean, I'm still – you know, that's that's a very specific way for a team to get in. If you have to get that specific, then you're, you know, thinking way too hard about this. 12-0 – Lose to Ohio State. I think that's the most logical thing, right? Because if you're telling me, well, they'll go – you're telling me they're going to go like 13-0? and I don't buy that. You're telling me they'll get through the West with one loss, win the West, and then win the Big Ten championship game? I don't buy that either. The the, the most reasonable thing to me is that scenario, that they beat Michigan and Notre Dame, who turn out maybe not to be as good as people think, but those are the type of teams that Wisconsin can beat. And then they lose to Ohio State, which is what they always do, The thing I think that the FBI has wrong there is the perception of the Big Ten and of where Wisconsin is as a program. And so I want to get to some of our tech subscriber points on this, but I want to first talk – well, no, let's get to some of the tech subscriber points. We got a lot of response on this. If you want to be a tech subscriber, friend of the pod, participate in the podcast. Have us read your questions. Get texts from us during the day, little tidbits. Steven sent tech subscribers. He talked to C.J. Hicks, the latest Ohio State commitment on Monday. As soon as he talked to C.J. Hicks, he's texting our people, telling them what C.J. said, even before he goes in and writes that story about C.J. Hicks that everybody will see. You get it early. You get to interact. You get to be part of this. Feel like you're here with us talking. To do that, $3.99 a month, 14-day free trial to test it out. Send a text to 614 350 3315. The thing that, that I like about our texters is that at least two of them use the word noodle arm in their analysis at the start. So I appreciate that because that is the road that we have been down on this podcast many times before. The idea of the Wisconsin, Wisconsin does not have the quarterback to get them there. And here's the thing. Jack Cohn is a Typical Wisconsin quarterback, and A, I don't think a typical Wisconsin quarterback, who's basically every quarterback they've had forever other than Russell Wilson for a year, I don't think that's going to get them there on the field, and I do not think it's going to get them there in the perception game when they lose. Oh, we're going to lose in a title game and still get in. That guy is not going to get you there. Here is... From the 773, I would think Wisconsin has the best team in the Big Ten West, but could easily see the Badgers tripping up against Minnesota, Iowa, or even Nebraska. Badger fate relies on the quarterback decision, whether to play Graham Mertz, the more talented younger quarterback, or Jack Cohn, the solid veteran. It's very similar to the Haskins-Barrett Ohio State call. If they play Mertz and he's ready, I think the road is easier. Cohn is the classic Wisconsin noodle arm game manager. Stocko, Donovan, Tolzien, Stave, Hornerbrook, Cone equals the Badger ceiling, which is good enough to win the Big Ten West, not good enough to beat the other college football playoff contenders. That's from Charlie in the 773. And I think that is like so well stated because 
when you are in the playoff world, it's not just about winning games because you're going to be up against teams with similar resumes, and it's about being impressive. And I don't think the typical noodle arm quarterback from Wisconsin allows you to do that. From the 610, if Graham Mertz is the guy he was supposed to be coming out of high school, then it's possible. That would require Paul Chris benching a senior quarterback to go with the redshirt freshman, but that's their shot to be elite. And if he's the guy that Ohio State uh, coveted out of high school, he should be able to beat out Jack Cohn. Graham Mertz is a guy that Ohio State did want. I think he changes that program when he's ready to play, but I just don't think it's now. Because what if the FBI has given Wisconsin this 33% chance to make it, they're basing that on Jack Cohn. So that's why the FBI is even more wrong. They're basing it on Jack Cohn when I think Jack Cohn is part of what's holding them back from the 7-4-0. Not going to happen until Wisconsin has a quarterback that isn't uh, the second, third, or fourth iteration of Joel Stave. It, until that happens, they aren't going to be a serious competitor. They may have that on their roster this year in Graham Mertz, but not with Cohn. So I know a lot of Wisconsin writers and people came around last year to the idea of, hey, we underrated Jack Cohn. We thought Graham Mertz as a true freshman might win the job. He played pretty well. But I was reading one of those stories like that, and it's like he had a good game. He threw for 180 yards against Michigan State which is like exactly what a Wisconsin quarterback does. Steven, that idea, right? Does it make sense that I think or that anybody would think, these texters would think, that, a, that Jack Cohn, a quarterback like that, would hold Wisconsin back, not only on the field, but in the perception of what a playoff team is? Yes, and it's because of the, just look at history of when we've had quarterbacks who, you know, weren't good enough in the college football playoff. Michigan State and Alabama in 2016, in 2015, 20, I'm sorry, the 2016-2017 season, uh, 38 to nothing. Ohio State versus Clemson, J.C. Baird, 31 to nothing. Clemson versus Alabama with, with Ke- Tyler Kelly, 24-6. Notre Dame and Clemson, 3-3. Kelly Bryant. Sorry, yeah, thank you. Sorry about that. Kelly Bryant, 24-6. Notre Dame and Clemson, 30 to three. When you don't have a quarterback who can, who is a vertical passing threat, we, we've seen that. It does not work on the national championship stage. It doesn't work there. So now that we have that perception, of course, a committee is going to look at the past and go, okay, Wisconsin's resume matches those teams who are getting their butts whipped in the college football playoff. Why would we continue to put a, why would we have a second Big Ten team make the college football playoff? whose resume fits that of a team who is going to get blown out on the stage, why would we consider them as a college football playoff team when we've seen what happens in the past? It leads to a non-competitive game. That leads us right to the next point that I want to make. It's a great segue. From the 614, and again, this is the folder that I, that I said it could happen. And even the people who think it could happen, that Wisconsin could make the playoff, they still kind of have a lot of yeah buts in it. From the 614, I'm not going to act like they couldn't go in as the second team. Michigan State made it for crying out loud. It's possible. They will just 1,000% get smoked by whoever they play if they happen to make it. On the other side of the coin, there's no way they have a 33% chance of making it. Not a single person would say if you played the season three times, they for sure make the playoffs one time. If you give one of their coaches truth serum, I'm not even sure they think they have a 33% chance. Another reference to Michigan State in 2015 from the 440. Wisconsin could sweep through the West and upset Ohio, upset Ohio State in a year where Ohio State is slightly down. It almost happened in 2017. If Michigan State can make the playoff, there's no reason Wisconsin can't. 
Once they get there, though, they'd get butchered like a lamb, just like Sparty, Notre Dame, and the 2016 Ohio State team, which wasn't ready. So people making the same references that you just did, Stephen. And here's the point. With what you said, Stephen, with that Michigan State hanging out there, people are saying, well, if Michigan State could make it in 2015 by upsetting Ohio State, yes, Wisconsin could make it. But do you believe that what happened to Michigan State when they made it, and let's remember, they made it as the Big Ten champ. They, they basically had to go. Do you think that would actually now work against Wisconsin? Sort of what you just explained. Not that was Michigan State paved the way for a team like Wisconsin, but that what happened to Michigan State would actually hold Wisconsin back if they were in a similar position. I think so, and the reason is because – as things, I think this committee is, you, know, you can't erase it. I think they're taking more things into consideration as things go by. That was what the second year of the college football playoff when Michigan State yes. got in. And so you only had one playoff to go off of when you're talking about making decisions. Now, so when they did, when they got their butts with, it was just, oh, they just weren't good enough. And well, they look who they lost to. They lost to the, to Alabama. The, the, now it's, we've seen a pattern of when you don't have a quarterback capable of doing NFL level things that that you probably don't belong here. Even if you know some some things that go in your favor, as it did with Michigan State beating Ohio State, and what is the craziest play calling? A lot of things went wrong in that game. We're not going to talk about that. But it, with Michigan State, they were the first. But now we've seen enough other teams in this situation where their quarterback is nowhere near good enough to compete at this level, and we've seen what the result of that can be. And it's never been a competitive game. Maybe if there had been a competitive game since then, then yeah, sure. Maybe you know, they get a slim chance of getting in. But every quarterback since then, you know, just look at last year. Those are four NFL-level quarterbacks in the college football playoff. LSU just happened to be so much better than what Oklahoma was. But those were still four guys who were all going to be drafted. From the 216, yes, they could make it. Then they'll get blown out 42 nothing, whatever or whatever, <laughs> and people will complain that Ohio State or another SEC team should have gotten the four seed instead, and they would be correct. That's from the 216. To emphasize the quarterback point that you're making, Stephen, we've had six years of the college football playoffs so far. I went through the starting quarterbacks for all 24 of those teams. I said 18 of them had like high level quarterback play. And we may have some disagreement on that, but better, clearly better than Jack Cohn quarterback play. That's three years of Jalen Hurts, because when he got yanked at halftime uh, of the two a game, I'm still giving Hurts credit. He's a quarterback all season. So that's three years of Jalen Hurts, two of Deshaun Watson, two of Baker Mayfield, and two of Trevor Lawrence. So of the 24 teams to make the college football playoff, Nine of them have been quarterbacked by those four high-level quarterbacks. Then you have one season each of Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jake Fromm, Kyler Murray, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, and then JT Barrett and Cardale Jones. Now, you made the point that JT is on the receiving end of a shutout, and I get it. And Cardale Jones, you know, he's kind of a flash in the pan. But JT Barrett and Cardale Jones are still a cut above Jack Cohn. Right? Is that? Would you disagree with that, or is yeah. that okay reasoning? No, no, no. I agree with that. If, if like JT Barrett's clearly on the other list, but he's at the top of the other list, you guys. So then sure. the other six—that's eighteen of the twenty-four. Here are the other six quarterbacks to be in the college football playoff: 
Two of them are Alabama starters, and that doesn't count because Alabama doesn't need a quarterback. But Blake Sims, when Alabama lost to Ohio State in the first playoff, he was not a quarterback. And then Jake Coker the next year. So those are not super, super duper elite dudes, but it's Bama. That's a different world. Then you have Connor Cook at Michigan State. And, like, ironically, Connor Cook's a starting quarterback. He's hurt and doesn't play in the Michigan State game where they actually beat Ohio State, which paves their way to the playoff. Connor Cook got drafted in the NFL, right? I mean, he's he's better than Jack Cohn, but he's not Deshaun Watson. So I put him on the other list. Then you have um, Jake Browning at Washington, who's the noodle arm of the West, which was the year that Penn State should have gotten in in 16. Washington gets in instead as the four seed and gets whacked. Kelly Bryant from Clemson, as you mentioned previously, Stephen, and then Ian Book from Notre Dame when Notre Dame made it in 2018 and got whacked. So you need a great quarterback. So, yes, some of these other teams slipped in, but I feel like them slipping in and then getting killed, Wisconsin is not going to win the playoff beauty pageant after going 12-0 and and losing to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. That's where that factors in. This specific thing we're talking about, Stephen, where – Honestly, I think they have a better chance of getting in that way than by actually beating Ohio State in Indianapolis, and we'll get to that later. But I feel like the beauty pageant will absolutely be against them unless Graham Mertz takes them to another level or unless Jack Cohn is Joe Burrow North and all of a sudden he has a year nobody sees coming, which is not going to happen. But I think that matters. Perception matters in the playoff, and I think we're explaining why that perception would work against Wisconsin to the point that this 33% number is way too high. Yeah, they would have to show <coughs> some level of a reliable passing game that isn't, you know, Jack Cohn averaging 195 yards per game like he did last season. That would have to be a legitimate threat week in and week out for 12 straight weeks. And then they just happen to lose – they lose to Ohio State because Ohio State's just the better team in the Big Ten championship game for them to even be considered at this point. From the 614, the best chance they had was in the Big Ten championship last year, and they couldn't make up for the talent gap. Maybe they sneak in as a one-loss non-champ at four, but there's no way they beat this OSU team that's loves Smokey Mango, who likes to find things that he loves us because we love him. Uh, from the 330. Assuming Ohio State plays Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game, they would be the team with the third best chance of beating Ohio State this year after Penn State and Oregon. So could Wisconsin make the playoff? Yes, I wouldn't bet money on it, but they have a chance. Again, these are the people who think that there is a chance. 419, from the 419, Wisconsin is good enough to go undefeated in the regular season and get a fluke win over Ohio State, but it's outrageous they are that high on the list. Being listed above Georgia, and Ohio State being ranked so low last year in the FPI is proof that FPI is complete garbage. Uh, let's see from the 330. Wisconsin might be able to get a game plan to win, uh, make a game plan to win, Ohio, get a win over Ohio State, but they would be exposed, demolished if they had to play the likes of Clemson or Bama to plug in often cited Twitter battle. Great talent beats okay talent 90% of the time. Let's look at this. From the 4-4-0, I'd give them at most 5% chances of making the playoff. I can't see them getting through the Michigan, Notre Dame, Minnesota stretch without a loss. And then we'd likely, there would be, they would be severe underdogs in the Big Ten title game to Ohio State or Penn State. 
it's tough to see them getting in with one loss after Wisconsin in 2017 and then 2018, Ohio State were both left out. They'd have a much better chance if they played Clemson's schedule. Um, the S&P Plus has them at preseason number nine, which feels much more reasonable. That is much more reasonable. I think they are like a top 10, top 15 team. I just get aggravated uh, when we talk about them in the top five. This person thinks it's realistic from the 216. Potential Wisconsin making the playoff even with one loss, as long as the loss is in conference and not the title game, meaning beat Notre Dame, go 11-1, and one, then upset Ohio State in the title game. Not unrealistic at all. If the loss is a close one at Iowa or Minnesota, they should be in. Here's a good explanation from the 567. I always think Wisconsin could beat Ohio State, but the record, as I pointed out last fall, they're saying that I pointed this out, and I'll point it out again, shows that it's very unlikely that Wisconsin would beat Ohio State. The 2003 and 2010 losses have stuck around for me. Wisconsin getting into the playoff after losing the Big Ten championship game depends pretty much entirely on the rest of college football. If there's a shortage of quality teams, one loss Wisconsin may get in by default, especially if it's a close loss. From the 310, I'd say the chances of Wisconsin getting the playoff is in the 10% range, a mini miracle. They were up 21 in last year's Big Ten championship. If the ball bounces in their favor a little more, it absolutely could have happened last year. So here's part of it, Stephen. And one more from the 443. Wisconsin may have the second best chance to make the playoffs in the Big Ten after the Buckeyes. Though I think Penn State and maybe Michigan will be better, the East is a better division. I cannot see Wisconsin upsetting Ohio State after losing those players to the NFL. They lost Zach Bond. They lost Jonathan Taylor. Um, they lost their center, the badass guy. The only way they make it to the playoff is if they beat Ohio State. I have to say less than a 10% chance they make it. So here's the other thing, Stephen. We were talking about how I don't think they would win the perception battle if they lose in the Big Ten championship game. They're not going to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. Like, like the, the idea of, well, just go and get a couple breaks and beat Ohio State, I think that's practically impossible. Am I overstating that, or is that how you feel? No, I feel that same way, too. There's too much of a talent gap there that they're not beating Ohio State in, indoors at that. And here, indoors, you just said the magic word, Stephen, because I also think – the way that the FPI analyzed this is wrong. Again, these computers, don't trust them because you know who runs computers? Robots. Don't trust them. Um, and since between 1999 and 2004, Ohio State was two and four against Wisconsin. And there is a generation of Ohio State fans who to this day remain scarred by that. But – Barry Alvarez ain't the coach no more, my friends. Two and four. Ohio State was two and four between 99 and 2004. Since 2005, Ohio State is 11 and one against Wisconsin. And the one loss was at Wisconsin. So the idea that Wisconsin somehow increases its chances by not playing Ohio State in the regular season is bonkers. The best way for Wisconsin to ever make the college football playoff is a year when they play Ohio State in Madison. Because if Wisconsin gets Ohio State indoors at the end of a season when Ohio State is rolling, 
They're not going to overlook anybody because it's a freaking championship game. Ohio State and Wisconsin have played three times in the Big Ten championship game. The first one in 2014, as we all know, was 59 to nothing. Then two kind of fake close games in 17 and 19, 27-21 and 34-21. And I say fake close because of this. Obviously, they were close. Wisconsin jumped out to a huge lead last year. But they played Ohio State when Ohio State's quarterback was hurt. JT Barrett had arthroscopic knee surgery six days before the championship mm-hmm. game, game in 2017. Justin Fields was hurt against Penn State, re-aggravated against Michigan, was not himself against Wisconsin. And even with that, with hurt quarterbacks, they couldn't win. So they've already had, like, their perfect scenario, wounded. And in 14, the quarterback was so hurt they had to play the backup. They've played in the Big Ten Championship three times. Never has the Ohio State starting quarterback been fully healthy, and yet Wisconsin still can't win. Their best chances are behind them. Wisconsin, at its best, indoors against hobbled Ohio State, has never gotten it done. And if you are waiting for them to make the playoff by beating Ohio State in Indianapolis, you are going to be waiting for a very long time. Wisconsin should want Ohio State on the schedule the year they think they have a playoff team. They should want them in Madison, and that's their shot. Faulty thinking by the FPI. Steven, agree or disagree? I agree 100%. It aggravates me, Stephen. It aggravates me. And here's the thing, and we're going to get soon. There's some ruthless stuff in the other folder. I make little folders, one on this side of the opinions, this on the other side of the opinions. I labeled at least three of the text messages in the other folder, which I labeled sucks. At least three of those text messages I, I renamed ruthless because people are ruthless about the Badgers in this opinion. This is what gets me, Stephen. Almost every time, every time that anybody talks about Wisconsin as a playoff contender, almost the very first thing that people mention is their schedule. Their schedule's easy. Their schedule sets up. They've got a game here they can win, but not too many tough games. They got a game that can impress. If the best thing in your favor for your playoff argument in the preseason is your schedule. You're a fraud as a contender. Especially when the majority of your schedule is made three and four years in advance. And as I sit here looking at Wisconsin's schedule, look, I get it. The, the, at Michigan, then Notre Dame, then Minnesota is, a, is an interesting stretch. But outside of that, it's like, look, this is not the most impressive thing in the world. Here's the thing. From the 614, I doubt Wisconsin could make it as a second Big Ten team. That schedule doesn't sound quality enough to force it unless everyone else loses. I generally agree with you that they don't have the rise-up ability. But I could envision a scenario like last year's championship game where they put together a solid game plan, execute it well, and then Ohio State either shoots itself in the foot enough, can't execute in the red zone, or can't get focused to change the momentum. That could happen. If those things can happen versus Purdue and mm-hmm. Iowa, then it could happen versus Wisconsin. So I don't specifically know who would be the NFL caliber dudes to spark them like the Iowa tight ends or Rondale Moore. Again, Stephen, I would argue against that because 
part of the whole deal. People love to talk about trap games, even though I hate trap games. You're not going to allow yourself. Ohio State's not going to overlook you. They're not going to be tripped up in a championship game. Your exactly. best chance against Ohio State is in the regular season. So, like, I think to per- compare it to Purdue and Iowa, as this person, the 614, did, if you're talking about a championship game setting, is exactly wrong. There's no comparison to that to me. Like, it doesn't matter who the it's – a, it's a championship game. It, there's, there's no – postseason games are not trap games. They're not. They can't be because you're, you're actually playing for something. You're playing for a trophy. So there's no way you're overlooking playing for a trophy. You're, it's not going to happen. From the 3-3-0, Wisconsin is one of those teams that I can see either winning out and losing to Ohio State in the championship game, or I could see them dropping two or three games. They're hard to predict at times. When you think they'll be good, they lose to Illinois. When you think they'll be bad, they pull off a stomping of Michigan or an, or an upset of some sort. I can see them beating Notre Dame because, well, they aren't that impressive, and until they get into a real conference, they're irrelevant in the playoffs, I feel. That's Notre Dame. A little shot at Notre Dame on the side. But I think that, to me, is part of this whole thing with Wisconsin, too, Steven. There's a couple things to play. One is the schedule isn't the thing that impresses me. Two is I think their quarterback holds them back. But this this idea that when you think they're going to be good, the act of thinking that they're good lessens their chances of being good. Do you know what I mean? I think there are some teams like that. When they're in the shadows and they can surprise people, great. When all of a sudden there are expectations on them, which is what happened a couple years ago when they were number four in the preseason AP poll in 2018 and they finished eight and five, I think any kind of expectation on Wisconsin almost automatically means it's not going to happen. They either sneak up on you or, or they're not a title contender. Yeah, that makes some sense. Especially, yeah, that makes Aren't sense. Aren't there some programs, some teams like that, Stephen, that they can't I think carry so. the burden of expectation? No, yeah, because with expectation comes, you know, teams, quote-unquote, get up to play you. While when you don't have those expectations, you know, maybe you're not getting teams to do that. But, all, yeah, that. But I think with middle-of-the-road teams, it's hard to, like, to overrate them and think that they're going to meet those expectations. All right, so here's a quick one from the 202, and then we'll get to the sucks folder. Um, can't get to everybody, and I, I love all your comments, and there's so many smart, smart ones in here. Um, from the 202, the model agrees it's 76% likely that Wisconsin doesn't make it. So, flipping the question on you a bit, which single team below Wisconsin is more likely to make the playoff? Georgia, they have to play Alabama in the regular season. Uh, LSU, new pieces everywhere. Penn State, they'd have to go undefeated in the conference, which is something they've never done. Oregon, do they go undefeated in the conference and somehow beat Ohio State, or do they get in as a two-loss conference champ? Like that idea, Stephen, that if if the main argument for Wisconsin is, okay, well, let's assume Bama slash SEC champ, Clemson and Ohio State, someone's got to be the fourth team. Does that make anything seem like it would be in Wisconsin's favor or is it, do you just figure somebody else will emerge? No, I think that at one loss, SEC non-champ still might have a better chance than a a one loss Wisconsin team who is also a non-champ. I think the SEC team in that situation gets in and let's just put Oregon in that same, let's just, Oregon's only loss next year is to Ohio State. Let's say that's the case. 
Well, I think Oregon gets in over Wisconsin easily because their only loss is to a team who was also going to be in the college football playoff. And, and this to me is a little bit like the discussion of who has a better chance to beat Ohio State, the best team in the MAC or Rutgers. And what you're doing with that is like you're taking the field, right? It's like Rutgers is always Rutgers. Or you're taking the best team in the MAC if they, if they happen to play Ohio State that year, that the best a MAC team could be. This to me is like you're either taking Wisconsin or you're taking the upside of everybody else. Maybe this is the year that Tom Herman and Texas get it together, right? Maybe, maybe Clay Helton saves his job and USC goes nuts. Maybe Jimmy Lake breathes new life into Washington. I, like, I just think I'd rather – maybe Dan Mullen and Florida are ready to go on a roll and be that one-loss SEC team that obviously should be in as the second team. I just would take the field a million times out of a million over – this narrow Wisconsin window that I believe doesn't even exist. So part of me, Stephen, I really like this question from the 202. But to me, I'll believe in the team that I don't see coming far more than I'll believe in a Wisconsin team that I know exactly who they are and who they are has never been good enough to make the playoff. I think I look, first of all, that's a, a beautiful sentiment right there. And I agree with that. I think Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler as his quarterback has a better chance of getting a quarterback to New York for the fourth straight year than Wisconsin has of getting to the college football playoffs. All right. Now we're, that was like the happy Wisconsin discussion. Now we're really going to get mean. Now we're going into the folder labeled right. sucks. We'll be right back <laughs> after this. I'm Buckeye Talk. All right. Going through this again. Um, the reasons why Wisconsin angry people, it soothed my soul on a Monday. We're recording this obviously on a, on a Monday evening to just go through and just have like angry, outraged Ohio state fans, just agreeing with me that Wisconsin is overrated whenever we have this discussion. I feel bad because I think I've explained on this podcast before. I almost never react to a team. I react to silly media reactions about a team. So this is all about the FPI. This is not about Wisconsin. I think Paul Christ is unbelievable. I love Paul Christ. The idea that they are practically a triple option team. They've done the same thing that Navy has done with the triple option to be relevant for a decade is what Wisconsin has dedicated itself to since Barry Alvarez, a style. Wisconsin shouldn't be this good. They're the best team in the West because they live by a style. God bless them. They practically guarantee double-digit wins Every year, they're geniuses. Here are their win totals the last several years. 10, 8, 13, 11, 10, 11, 9, 8, 11, 11, 10, 7, 9, 12, 10, 9. That's back to 2004. Every team in the West would take that. Nebraska would kill for that. Minnesota would kill for that. Wisconsin has done it by adapting, adopting and adapting to a smart style that they've managed to keep through three different coaches, four of them if you count the Gary Anderson blip, which I barely do. All the credit in the world to Wisconsin. I just don't want to hear about them in a playoff discussion. That's all. So now we're going to get mean. From the 937, LOL, no, meaning is Wisconsin a playoff contender? No, it's the same song and dance every year. They'll make it to Indy in the top 10 with none or maybe one loss. 
Then they'll get smacked by Ohio State and go to the Rose Bowl. Remember when Clemson used to always Clemson their way away? Seems like Wisconsin does that just the same in the Big Ten title game. Um, also, what team historically has lost its two best offensive weapons but has looked better as, than the year before? Wisconsin doesn't have a shed full of five stars waiting to get in because they lost Cephas, Quintez Cephas, their leading receiver last mm-hmm. year, in addition to Jonathan Taylor. Like, I, I actually disagree a little bit with the Clemsoning thing. And, like, the I know people used to do that, Sparty's going to Sparty. Like, I'm giving credit. I don't think Wisconsin is falling short in any way, Stephen. Like, that's the thing that – I don't think they're falling short when they lose to Ohio State. That's just where their ceiling is. So I don't want to, like, blame them for blowing it in the big game. I'm just making fun of anyone who thinks that Wisconsin could win that game. Do you understand the difference? Yeah, even though they were up the way they were at halftime at the Big Ten Championship game, you know, Ohio State was still the more talented team. That's not there's – there's overachieving and then there's blowing something. Clemson at times is blowing things, while Wisconsin, let's be honest here, they're overachieving given what their talent level is. From the 419, can I substitute my take for a request for Doug to have an in-depth breakdown rant about Jack Cohn? I'm not worried, though. In years where we have the possibility of playing them twice like last year, I worry. It's tough to beat a team twice in the year. But I think to beat us, you need speed and down-the-field passing, and I don't see that from them this year. I also, like, don't necessarily buy that when it comes to a matchup like Ohio State versus Wisconsin because from the 7-3-4, Wisconsin could go undefeated in the regular season, but it just seems like they don't have the athleticism to create matchup problems to beat elite teams. It seems like you need threats of quick scoring, and Wisconsin doesn't have it. Uh, now I'm going to the three messages that I just labeled ruthless. From the 602, Wisconsin is a top-tier MAC team. They're good, but good, oh. is their, but good is their ceiling. From the 585, this is a joke even for Wisconsin. App State and Southern Illinois, Michigan and Maryland from the east, and then all bad teams except maybe Iowa. This is like Clemson and the ACC bad, except the Badgers have an offense from 1980. So they're making fun of that schedule. They don't think it's a playoff schedule. Five one three. No, the offseason Wisconsin hype parade always seems to end with an unforeseen loss in October or a loss the first weekend in December in Indy. Not a roster full of elite players. It's like the Big Ten's JV program. Now, Stephen, I'm actually almost starting to feel bad. Is this – I mean, they're not JV. Like, they're in a conference no. with Rutgers and Illinois. Right? I mean, it's not JV, although Illinois beat them last year. It's not JV. That's too mean, right? Yeah, I think the, the good Mac program one is, is, is a little harsh, I think. I, you can't – obviously, they don't have the talent comparable to Ohio State. But for the rest of the Big Ten, it's outside of maybe Michigan, maybe, and Penn State. Everybody's talent level is pretty consistent. Uh, except for like the three teams who are, are consistently supposed to have these really good recruiting classes and then Rutgers who is at the bottom and should not be in the big 10 at all. Outside of that, everybody else is pretty comparable when you talk about talent level. This is like one of those, Steven, I feel like where some, sometimes there are people where it's like, there might be somebody that like is in your friend group and in your friend group, you all hang out and maybe they're like, they've got a, they're a little more mature. They've got a little more swagger. They're a little cooler or whatever, but like when you're all together, you can hang out and it's cool. Like everybody's together. And then maybe like that person, say you're in high school, then that person like goes to a college party, right? Like the coolest person Mm -hmm. in your group goes to a college party. 
And yeah. then if like you went with your friends, like, well, I'm, I'm friends with them. I'll go to the college party with them with them. And then you get to the college party and you're like, I do not belong here because now your friend is off with like all these college people and you're just standing in the corner, not sure what to do with yourself. So Ohio state is that friend. And when they're at the high school party with Wisconsin, Wisconsin's cool. They're down with Wisconsin. Hey, it was, you were ahead last year in the Big Ten Championship game at halftime. But then when Ohio State goes to the playoff party, I don't want people pretending that Wisconsin can go along to hang out with Bama and Clemson. That's all. Know your level, man. Have fun at your party. That's a, is that a good like that comparison. That I was, I would be perfect. the person. That was a perfect comparison. I'm like Rutgers. I mean, I'm like Rutgers. I was like Rutgers. I was just like, can I come to can I come to any party? Someone's having a party? I didn't I'm the Rutgers. So You didn't even get the invite? <laughs> I mean, I was like when like Rutgers got invited to the Big 10, that was like the one time I got invited to a party. I put on like my new jams. I like polished up my glasses. I like, you know, had my best bowl haircut and I was like, I am ready to go. This is my Big Ten invitation. And then once I got there, just like with the Rutgers invite, everybody was like, why did we invite this guy? So um, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that. I, who am I to make fun of Wisconsin? I'm just trying to tell people to be realistic, man. Uh, Ohio, are- State spends, <laughs> Ohio State spends the entire party trying to convince everybody else that Wisconsin's cool. It's okay, guys. He's with me. Yeah, yeah but why does Ohio State have to do that? Don't burn yeah. Ohio State. Let Ohio State be free. Let Ohio State go hang out with Clemson in Alabama and Georgia and Oklahoma from the 330. I labeled both these texts fake. Doug, there is a 0% chance Wisconsin makes the playoff as a second Big Ten team. The only way they make it is if they go undefeated and win the Big Ten title game. I don't care what their schedule is or how good the teams they play are. Wisconsin is, as you say, fake good, and they should get ready for another 9-3 and or 10-2 or season with the possibility of a New Year's Six Bowl. From the 614. Wisconsin is a fake bleep contender. They'll win a lot of games and run the ball a lot, but even with a better quarterback, they're inherently limited offensively. They'll never compete with the big boys because their ceiling is the Big Ten championship. Some teams want to win the conference. Some teams want to win the natty. Don't come to the natty party, Wisconsin. Um, From the 937, I don't see any way that happens if they make the playoff. Between the last two drafts, they've lost all their top-tier talent, they don't recruit like an elite program, and I have no faith in them even finishing as a top-10 team this season. I think the West will be uh, in another year where it is truly up for grabs until the last week of the season. From the 216, Wisconsin is going 9 or 3 or 10 and 2. Might still win the West, but they don't reload like the real powerhouses. Uh, I labeled this one I test from the 614. They'd have to be an unbeaten Big Ten champ to get in. They're not doing it with the loss. They'll never pass the I test unless they become something totally different from what they've been. It's possible, but it would take an amazing year, and I don't think this is the year. So, Stephen, are there – here's the thing, and I, this is the other thing that I wrote down. The thing that aggravates me a little bit is that there have been times when I thought the Big Ten could have got two teams in. And I will say this, Stephen. The best way for the Big Ten to ever get two teams in is for Ohio State to be the second team. Right. That for some reason, Ohio State doesn't win the Big Ten championship. And then they're the second team because you've got to eye test your way in if if you're the second team. That's the formula. It's not ever for Wisconsin. 
if you're telling me what is going to happen is they're both undefeated, Wisconsin wins, and then Ohio State gets in, then they could get in two that way. They would not get in with Ohio State winning and Wisconsin being the team that has to eye test in. Do you agree with that? That, what, that It has to be that Ohio State's not the conference champ, and that's the world where the Big Ten could ever get in two with Ohio State as the second team. Yeah, last year would have been a perfect, probably a perfect example of that. If somehow Wisconsin continues on the track they were headed on in the first half and Ohio State loses, and so now Wisconsin has entered the conversation of, hmm, they blew out the best eye test team in the country in the Big Ten championship game, should they get in? While we all understand that regardless of whether or not Ohio State won that game or not, they would have been in. That's, that's the only way. I had to use this because I don't want to lose this tech subscriber because they seemed a little angry about the string of texts that led to this discussion from the 202. That's a joke, right? Are we this desperate for content that we're actually considering the Badgers beating the Buckeyes in the head-to-head? Effing insane. I was like, I guarantee that I will read that on the podcast. Um, from the 614, no, 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 no. The Big Ten Championship last year is all you need to know. Ohio State went in hobbled. Wisconsin already had the advantage of playing them once. I thought Wisconsin brought a brilliant game plan, and that only got them to halftime. Once the Buckeyes' top-end talent kicked in, there was nothing they could do. I still think Penn State is that next team in the Big Ten that just had the disadvantage of being in the East. This one was great. From the 615, as a Wisconsin grad who is still friends with many huge Badger fans, not one of them thinks they get in the playoff ever, at least at four teams. So the Badger fans are more realistic than the fraud poo index. Um, from the 804, stop the run and you beat Wisconsin. The Bucks always manage to do that. You put it best, they beat a bad team with an occasional upset of a good team, but they can't win the big one. I'm never afraid of them as a real threat, not like Penn State or Michigan. Wisconsin is never quite athletic and fast enough to run with the national big boys. Give me a break. From the 250, two Big Ten teams aren't making a four team playoff, so they'd have to win the Big Ten to get in. They have a good chance at making the Big Ten final, but not of getting in. Uh, no two Big Ten teams from the 513. Wisconsin can make the Big Ten title game as the West rep. They won't be unbeaten. The odds of them beating Ohio State are extremely slim. The Big Ten will not be getting two playoff teams anytime soon. No conference other than the SEC will, and that will likely only happen in instances where Alabama doesn't win the SEC but gets the benefit of the doubt. Clemson and Ohio State might get that same benefit, but their conferences as a whole do not. In those instances, Ohio State or Clemson just get in over the champ, and that leads to a discussion I want to have. Steven, oh, this whole thing has made me retroactively even angrier about what happened to Penn State in 2016. At the time, I thought Penn State should be in over Ohio State. I thought Penn State should be in over Washington. They finished fifth in the final rankings. Ohio State was three. Washington was four. Do you remember having any feelings about that when Ohio State loses at Penn State on the block field goal in 16, but Penn State has two losses, at Pitt by three, and then again they get blown out by Michigan. So they're two and two after four weeks. They run the table from there on out. After the Ohio State upset, they finished their last five games outscoring opponents 232 to 81. Do you have any retroactive thoughts on those 16 Nittany Lions? Uh, I think the, sec- the second loss hurts them, but I do think because of the uh, – man, that's tough. I, the second loss makes it 
makes it's the thing that makes it hard. If they were both one loss teams, and I think the the argument is better suited. So they lost 42-39 to Pitt, 49-10 to Michigan, mm-hmm. okay? But here's the thing, and this is what makes me mad. Like, we're having this discussion about, a discussion about Jack Cohn in a world where Cephas and Taylor are gone. Penn State in 2016, they had Saquon Barkley as a sophomore who ran for 1,496 yards. They had Chris Godwin as their best receiver who had 982 receiving yards. Mike Gusecki as a tight end was their second-leading pass catcher, 697 yards. Deshaun Hamilton, a great other receiving threat. Those guys in the NFL, Barkley, first-round pick, number two overall. Chris Godwin, third-round pick, 84 overall, was like an unbelievable – had an unbelievable year last year, more than 1,300 receiving yards for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mike Gusecki, second-round pick, 42 overall. Hamilton, fourth-round pick, 113 overall. That Penn State team – and then McSorley, Trace McSorley – who in his own way was far more dangerous than Jack Cohn will ever be. Mm-hmm. And that team could not get in. You're right. It's the second loss that knocked them off. But talent-wise, they rally in the Big Ten championship game, and they beat Wisconsin. They go to the Rose Bowl. They lose a shootout to USC yeah. in the unveiling of Sam Darnold, who throws for more than 400 yards and five touchdowns, on his way to two years later being the number three pick in the draft, and Juju Smith-Schuster – who rips them up, that Penn State team was awesome. And they didn't get a shot at the playoff. That aggravates me even more about this, Stephen, that, that the F, FPI is trying to make a case for a Wisconsin team that to me is half as talented as that Penn State team was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. there, And there it is. Like, what, we're back to the talent thing here. We, they have no business being in this conversation when there was clearly another Big Ten team who, regardless of their record, their talent level suggested they had business being in the conversation, and we and they got left out. So why is this team, who's nowhere near that talent level, in the pre six months away from this even being a conversation, already being this highly thought of? I in the texts created this ranking, which now I want to write about. I call it the leaping factor of greatness, LFG, and we know what LFG stands for. The leaping factor of greatness is that if basically if you aren't Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, if you're not one of the five best teams, then what about you indicates you have the leaping factor of greatness that's going to allow you to jump up to playoff contender in a year? LSU had it a year ago because they had Joe Burrow. And by the way, 13 other guys that got drafted in this draft, right? You got to show me. Jack Cohn is not LFG. So I'm looking for LFG somewhere else. Sam Ellinger and Texas finally pulling their head out. They've got LFG to me, right? That would make more Dan Mullen getting it together at Florida, bringing Florida back to what they haven't been since Urban. That's got LFG. Wisconsin's got no LFG. You need to put that on a T-shirt because, that yeah, I think that belongs on a T-shirt. But, yeah, Texas especially, that's one where – you know, everything is there. It doesn't make more sense. It doesn't make sense why they're not. They have not been more successful than they have been since Tom Herman showed up there. But I picked Sam Ellinger to win the Heisman last year in the preseason, and since that LSU game, everything went downhill for them. That's a perfect example of a team where if we saw them in the FPI as one of the top five teams on that ranking, that would make sense. Yes, because you see the talent level all over the place and a idea of 
okay, they lost three or four games last year, and that doesn't make sense given what we look at when we see their roster. So I understand Michigan. If you want to have playoff conversations about Michigan, again, a couple years ago, I picked Ohio State and Michigan to both make the playoff in the same year. I get it. Harbaugh pulling it all together, I get it. Penn State, if you want to have that conversation, I get it. I just don't want to have it about Wisconsin when we know what Wisconsin is. 1-11 against Ohio State since 2005. The same type of quarterback year after year. Maybe it's not fair to Jack Cohn. And if Jack Cohn lives into the playoff, I don't know what I'll do. I'll have a parade. I'll go, I'll go kneel in front of Jack Cohn's family's home and beg for forgiveness. I'll do something. But I'm waiting for Graham Mertz. I'm waiting for Wisconsin to be something different than what they have always been. Because what they have always been gets them to 10 wins, gets them to be the best team in their division, does not allow them to play with the big boys, and does not get them to the college football playoff party from the 614. Absolutely no way Wisconsin can get into the playoff. Not with the talent on this Ohio State roster. Nowadays, a team needs a dynamic quarterback to win. Kudos to their ability to turn three stars into impact players. But without a really dynamic quarterback, it just won't happen anytime soon. And the SEC will have an edge on getting a second team in the playoff before the Big Ten. It would have to be a very unusual circumstance for Wisconsin to get in from the 614. I think that wraps it up. I just, I just, I hate misperceptions based on, based on things that don't make any sense. So none of this, and it's just a ranking, but I think whatever, ESPN should have run the rankings again until they found something that did not have Wisconsin in a playoff spot in the preseason. Is it my, this is one of my pet peeves, Stephen. Does it, am I okay on this one or am I a little, am I, am I too wound up about this? No, it's, it's an, this is an aggravation because, you know, you stop believing in things you don't need to believe in. That's what it boils down to. And, and having this much faith in a team who has never given you a reason to have this much faith in them is, that's an annoying, that's an annoying trait. And every year we, they do this with Wisconsin. Final one, because I labeled it noodle. Some of the 707, they have no chance with a noodle arm quarterback, which I have to assume they have. Um, all right, that's going to do it. That was a rant about a team that's not Ohio State. But if you guys have listened to this podcast in the past, you know where that came from. Something different, something to get us wound up. And now we're getting right back on track with the Buckeyes. Get ready for this. Big Wednesday pod previewing Oregon. The biggest, baddest, best Oregon preview you will find in May. I guarantee it. We're going to go hard. We're going to go long. We're going to go in-depth with James Crepia, who is the Oregon beat writer for Oregon Live. He knows Ohio State. He knows Oregon. He knows his stuff. He knows national college football. He covered the SEC before he went out to cover Oregon. He is going to be our guest, and we are going to go crazy on that. So if you are interested or worried or curious or confident, however you feel, about the Ohio State matchup at Oregon in week two, all right? We don't know if it's going to be played, but we're going to preview it anyway because we want to talk about it. It's interesting. It's a great intersectional matchup, and that's what we're going to do in the Big Wednesday podcast. We always appreciate you guys listening. Read our stories at cleveland.com slash OSU. Subscribe to the podcast. Drop reviews on Apple Podcasts and try the text, 614-350-3315. I've shouted myself into hoarseness. I'll recover in time for the Wednesday pod. But for now, on behalf of Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>